This episode of Super Boothers is brought to you by the Photo Booth Expo in Las Vegas this coming March 12th to March 14th, 2018 at the Westgate Hotel and Casino. Visit photoboothexpo.com and use promo code SUPERB2018 for a key pass or SUPERB2018E for an exhibits only pass. See you there. Welcome to Super Boothers. My name is Ryan. And I'm Ismail. I had a fabulous event yesterday. Ryan, you always have fabulous events. Your life is just a fabulous experience. <laughs> I really wish it was. <laughs> it is It is a lot of eye cream and a lot of luggage and a, lo- <laughs> a lot of Ubers to the airport. And, you know, I really like, I, I, I don't know what my own bed feels like anymore. And that's a sad feeling. Not, not to go on a tangent, though, but in general, I feel like people don't want to hear about that, right? They just want to see the results. Oh, he's at a nice car. Or he's at these nice events. They don't really want to know about what it takes to get there. Like you said, hotel rooms, packed bags, being on the road all the time. It's, people it's people aren't really interested in that part. <laughs> no, no. And that's the thing is like people will say like, oh, where are you today? One of my friends, like she pick up, pick, picks up the phone. Good morning. Good morning. Where are you? That's literally how the conversation goes. Like it, it is so much. It is too much. What makes you, uh, what keeps you going? Well, the money. <laughs> That's for one. I don't do this for free. <laughs> no, but I, I really, I, I will say this ever since the show. And I really do believe that this has a lot to do with our little show right now. And you know, the five people that are listening is, I'm it is. Hi, Mom. You, oh, God, don't start with me. <laughs> I have a story to tell you off the air. However, um, no, it, this show really has reinvigorated me as I think it has done everyone else. Um, I really appreciate my outlook again. Like, it is it is significantly changed. Like, I really do. I've always enjoyed what I do. Now I really love what I do because whenever crap goes down, like, I get to, like, tell it's the five people that are listening right now <laughs> yeah but i think that's why other people enjoy it as well because they you know maybe before you didn't enjoy what you did as much because you didn't have people to share it with now you do it's the same thing for the listeners a lot of people said the same thing they feel like they're part like there's other people going through what they go through and just hearing and talking about it i don't know kind of it just makes you feel better about what you're doing you know i used to be a part of a facebook group and in that facebook group was just like just a local group of vendors. There was maybe like 25 of us. And it was just kind of like the cool kids on a little Facebook group. And every Monday, someone would post. So what happened this weekend? Everyone just had crazy stories of what happened to them. So I mean, my not everything crazy happens to me on a daily. Well, lately, yes, but not as often, I guess. So like, for example, yesterday was just an amazing event. There's nothing bad I can say about it. Everything went beyond perfectly. That's not the case for everyone. Um, there, there were some, someone that texted me that, you know, what do you do when everything completely goes wrong? And I think in 15 years, only one time have I told someone just pack up and go home. I mean, really only one time. Yeah. That, that, you know, it's funny that comment about what do you do when everything goes wrong? I'm, I was actually watching a basketball game before, before we got on here, and the NBA season just started. And for people who follow the league, 
Uh, the first game was the Boston Celtics versus the Cavaliers, and Gordon Hayward is a new player. He just got a new contract. He's on a new team. Six minutes into the game, he broke his ankle. And like, oh, gross. I just saw the picture. It, it just reminds me of that. I think that saying that's been attributed to Mike Tyson everybody has a plan until they're punched in the face. Everybody knows what they're doing until things go wrong. Everybody has a strategy, a game plan until things don't go according to plan. And how you react in the aftermath is what really sets you apart from everybody else. You know, I really appreciate how, so uh, I guess let me just say what happened at this event. So this event um, came, uh, there was a previous episode that we did about, I think it was like a vendor list and how I guess there, maybe it was Taylor's episode, I think. Um, In the vendor list episode, we talked about how there was a publication where you pay to be in like their little book that they like give out to like their clients or whatever. Um, it's like the vendor list that you pay for. And this is done by a third party company that essentially publishes like, like a really nice, like, you know, 50 page, 100 page brochure. Um, so my client went to an art exhibit opening that I did. Literally all it was was just iPad, ring light, green screen. And a smile on my face, and I think that's all, literally that was all. I, I don't. Want, all I don't was. want you to just brush over that because, again, I keep pointing this out because it's a common theme I'm noticing that maybe people may want to consider if they're overdoing things that they don't need to be doing. Because it's a few times you mentioned these big extravagant events, and you're not uh, going all out or doing anything crazy with the uh, equipment. It's really the basic bare minimum, and people are still happy with it. So. I, I'm I'm learning from that, and I just want to keep highlighting it for the listeners that maybe you don't need to go overboard and have the craziest, newest uh, technology. Maybe some people just want the basics. You know, it is absolutely how you sell it. It has nothing to do with what you're selling. People are buying you. Um, and this is something that I've I've always been told, like, literally my entire life, like – Things have just always come easy to me, and and I don't know why that is. I don't know why well, do, it's well, just. Do you think that things have come easy for you? There's that quote when hard work meets opportunity. I absolutely believe like that's what it was. Like I have like put in my time, and just whenever things happen, it's why I'm able really to shine. Just because I've been there, done that. It's just not you know difficult to me anymore. So I mean, I, I don't know if you wanted to get into something about your event, but I was going to bring up a question about it. We're listening, caller. <laughs> um, I, I think we were talking earlier today, and I was kind of asking Ryan, you know, we keep talking about the events that you're doing. You do the top cream of the crop events in, in your area. The biggest celebrities attended. You you do events at their homes. And you're telling me that you just do an iPad with nothing extra. And I, I just started a question. Girl, I am the extra. What are you talking about? I just started a questioning you as to, you know what? What is it about you? Or what you offer that gets you to those places when other people are offering more, better equipment, better technology, more, and they can't get to where you are. Why do you get there with less? I think this is you asking this question, not everyone else. Oh, yeah. Else. I'm, I'm, Why you? I'm doing this for the benefit of the audience. What are you talking about? This has nothing I'm, to do with me. I'm unbiased. I'm so sure. So this is what it boils down to is I – in this conversation that we had earlier, we, it was very brief. Um, I really believe it just has to do with longevity. I mean, I've been doing this long enough to where, you know, it just kind of happens. Um, you know, you, it, it's just all a snowball effect. So I, in this, 
in this uh, vendor book that I advertise in, which is the one place that I advertise every year. Actually, this particular book is only every 18 months. Um, it's all the advertising I do. I don't do any more than that. Um, I don't advertise with the knot. I don't do wedding wire. Occasionally, I will do thumbtack. Um, that's it. Like Other than that, it's pretty bare bones. So it's just a lot of word of mouth over you know, 12 years of doing this. And, and um, that may not be what people want to hear, right? Because everyone's like, oh, what, no. what do I do? What's the secret to do this in three months? It takes time. And I have a lot of friends in other industries like construction and contracting that have said something very similar where they do it for like 10 years. And then by then they have a huge network, like a web of clientele. And just from referrals, you know, they make a lot of money. Um, but then, then the question is, and I think I asked you this earlier, but we didn't get into it. If the key is longevity and being around long enough, how do people listening make sure they last long enough to get to that point? You know, I just think the same thing. One of my uh, friends was the assistant to Joan Rivers and may she rest in peace. And he made a comment to me how it is just about hard work. And that's literally all it comes down to. And just keep working and keep reinventing yourself and keep adapting and just keep going. And you are not going to be able to, you know, go to your client and sell Polaroids right now. It's just an old technology. I mean, yeah, maybe like a hipster thing might be kind of cool with it. But for the most part, no, no one's going to go for it. You know, you just always kind of have to look to the next thing and don't look back and always, always, always keep moving forward and keep learning. There was... um in, in whenever I do, uh, interviews with employees, um, on the application that I have, uh, I ask them three questions. Um, one, what are your strengths and weaknesses? Another one is what is your passion? Um, and this one particular individual wrote learning. She goes, I have a passion for learning. I always love learning new things. She could have told me, you know, she was on death row. She was rehabilitated. She had about 10 felonies. I mean, just the fact that she said that it, everything else on the other pages did matter. I don't care where you went to school. I don't care about any of that. It was just the knowledge to want to learn to grow. And I think that is absolutely the key. Well, I think people listening to this fall in that category of wanting to learn and improve. So that's probably, you know, check the box there. But I want to go back to what you said about um, be constantly moving, right? And being around long enough and doing enough, right? When, when people think about, um, I, guess, I guess the modern term now is hustling, right? So you get, you're basically telling people sure. you got to be hustling all the time and do enough so that later on you don't have to hustle as much and things come to you, right? But how do you balance that with people that say, you know what, I won't get out of bed unless it's this much money. Um, like I actually was talking to someone um, who has a job and they go home and they watch Netflix for an hour and a half every day. And I'm like, well, you could be doing something in that time, right? If you're really serious about starting a business, there's an hour and a half right there every day. And the response I got was, oh no, I need that hour and a half of Netflix every night. That's where I get to, you know, decompress after a long day of work. And I, I am trying to, I'm curious what your perspective on this is. I can guess it. Um, but people have that mentality where, you know what? I need that Netflix. I need at least this much money to get out of bed. Otherwise, I don't, I'm not going to get up and work. What would you tell those people? It goes both ways with this one. So I agree with, you know, it's just like the airplane video say, you know, take care of yourself before you take care of other people. 
Um, I, I do believe that, yes, you need to have a little bit of time for yourself. However, you, in this business, you have to think you're better than sliced bread, but at the same time, know that you're not. And what I mean by that is you have to hold yourself to some sort of standard. Like, yes, I, I know that you value what I do. You know, I need to be compensated accordingly. Whenever you're first starting, there is none of that. And the only reason why I say that is whenever I first started, I was 17 years old and I went to work for, you know, um, a, a florist and she did some weddings and events and her husband at the time was a DJ. So it was kind of like a mini one-stop shop. She told me in the rental game, I would much rather have it go out and make $200 than sit in storage and not do anything. You know, whenever you get a new rental, you're obviously going to get you know, a hell of a lot more money than you're going to get, you know, five years down the road because it's paid for itself. And then some, you know, in the rental game, which in the grand scheme of things, we are a rental business, um, you or a higher business. If you're in Australia and listening, um, I'm learning that there's like translation that needs to happen now. Oh no, I'm going to sound like an idiot. <laughs> you. So sh- anyways, she kind of just instilled to me really at the very beginning I just always got to be going, 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 going. And the only way I'm making money is if those things are out on the street. And uh, my friend Graham, who is Joan Rivers' assistant, said that Joan had that same mentality. And it's and it's the fact of, you know, there are times where you're hot. There's times where you're not. There's times where you're in demand. There's times where you're not. And, you know, you just have to go not necessarily take everything that you can get. There's not a lot that I don't turn down. Like in the physical world that we occupy, if I can do it, I, I will be there and I don't care how much money I'm making. But I found that I, I am a very rare breed in that I don't stop working. Just my travel schedule this week alone is I drove in from San Antonio to Dallas today. I leave for Houston on Thursday, San Antonio Saturday, Dallas Sunday, Vegas Monday, back to Dallas Thursday, San Antonio, um, uh, that I, th- think Tuesday and then uh, back and forth a couple more times and then to LA. And that's of, that's just of the next 30 days that I know of. I mean, I haven't gone past 30 days at this point. You know, I'm, I'm going to go back to my, you know, comment at the very beginning of the show where people really don't want to hear about what it takes to make it. And, and you see this in everything where I'm sure people have, you know, you've got friends that lost a lot of weight, right? And they clearly put a lot of effort into getting into shape. And you're like, oh, you look great. What'd you do? And their response they, is... What they want to hear is, I took a pill. It melted off within two days. That's what they want to hear. But people really just say, oh, I didn't, not much. I didn't really do anything. I, you know, I just tried to eat a little, drink a little bit more water, and totally brush over the fact that they actually did all this extra work, right? Um, and even with kids in school where, oh, you got 100. How'd you get 100? Uh, I didn't really study, but they did. They pulled an all-nighter. And I I think, I don't know who I blame in that situation, but it's just a common trend that I noticed that people don't want the truth about what it takes. They don't want to hear about your schedule, Ryan. They they want to hear about the celebrities. Tell me about Oprah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Literally, I got a couple messages about this right now as we're recording this. Um, it It is shocking to me how... Much people don't talk about stuff, and there I have a couple of catering friends. Um, nothing has ever come to me fast 
or easy or overnight or any of that. I have had friends that somehow, in some way, hit the jackpot. And that is the nicest way I can put it. And you know, I I have to be happy for them because I am. But at the same time, it's like, when is that ever going to happen to me? One of my friends was like, Ryan, you've been doing this for how long? Like I get down on myself. One of my friends uh, just landed to deal with Target. And, you know, it took 18 months for that deal to kind of come about. And, you know, this is a this is a thing is I had a couple of catering friends, one of which almost went under. Literally, she like spent four million on a building. She had, um, I guess it was a restaurant that was taken over. Um, there's the catering company, there's the trucks, there's the staff there, and it was all going to go under. And she had a company come in and essentially tell her, this is what you need to do to turn around your business. You know, you can give up and be done and pay off her debt and, you know, go back to your job or whatever you're going to do, or you can do this. And she has shared with me, uh, the information, um, that she learned, um, she was the most forthright person that has ever taught me. It's okay to talk about this stuff and, and what really gets me in. And this is why our next book is going to be a financial book because we need to be talking about these things. You need to be talking about, you know, saving money and it's not all about making money. It's also about keeping it. And there are plenty of people, myself included, you know what? I get a big check. Hello, Amazon.com. Yeah, I'm totally going to piggyback on what you're saying that we need to talk about things that like people need to be talking about these things. And you see people take up all their time online and in these groups talking about things that don't matter. You know, stop talking about things that don't matter. Focus on the things that are important. I don't give I don't give a crap about your props and how they're not sanitized. I could care less. I I mean, it really comes down to the numbers. There are people that say, I have X amount of dollars in revenue. Well, how much of that do you keep? I don't want to know your gross. I want to know your net. And that's, that's another thing is I have, I had so-called friends. Um, and that's another thing that happens whenever you're in this industry for long enough. I mean, people come and go and, oh, well, I just sold, you know, uh, you know, 2 million this year. Well, is that 2 million in revenue or is that 2 million net? What is that? It's 2 million in revenue and they still lost 200 grand. Yeah. Like you're not making money. You're, this is just stupid. You're only hurting yourself here. So, and that is, that is another thing that I learned. And this is something that I have paid it forward as well. Um, our costing sheet that I had, and actually the, the PDF is available, um, on how to stay profitable. That is, that's available on our website and I can put it on the show notes for this as well. If you're on an Apple device, someone asking, asked me, how do they see the show notes? Cause they don't see it. If you're listening to this on the podcast app, press, uh, our cover artwork and, uh, all the show notes will pop up. Uh, before we drift too far from this earlier, you were saying, that you, you understand some people, you, you got to make time for yourself. You got to take care of yourself. Um, and I, I just want to question you, Ryan, if you go back to when you were building your business in the early days. And I, again, I'm going to just say we have a responsibility to the audience to tell it like it is. Sure. Tell it like it is. Did you make, oh, come did you on. make time for yourself? Like I hold back. Did you make time for yourself or did you really hustle hard? I had a choice in, um, I was in college and I was doing weddings at the time, 
And, you know, I was fortunate enough to have um, a family where I didn't have to work if I didn't need to. Um, however, there were limitations that were put on me. I don't think I've ever told the story publicly before. Um, I'm a great interviewer. <laughs> you you kind of are a little Miss Barbara Walters. Ismail Walters. No, no. So um, I dropped out of college. I was faced with the choice of working and doing what I love doing or continuing to go to school. Um, that was, that was kind of a point. So I've absolutely made sacrifices. Um, do I think that it hindered me? No, I actually think it very works really well for my eat your Hollywood story later. And, you know, my Forbes 100 interview, um, cause now I'm just like Steve jobs. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but I will say this, you know, you have to make a lot of sacrifices. I remember back when I moved into my first apartment. My first apartment was $550 a month. Clearly, that is a long time ago. <laughs> um, it was an amazing loft. I actually missed that place now that I think about it. However, the way how I based my pricing was based off of my rent and utilities. That's what I based my pricing off of in the very, very, very beginning. And it was just I worked so hard just to, just to, just to live off of like, and it was, and it was only me that I was taking care of because I did everything myself. I didn't really have, you know, a proper staff at that point until, you know, much later. It wasn't until like five or six years down the road. Um, it just, it's, it's, it, it has a lot to do with the hustling. And I took every job that I, that came my way. And if they bitched on price, you know what? I'm going to come down a little bit. Come down, come down, come down, come down, come down. And you know what? I'm glad I did it. It, made me who I am today. I learned much, much later and absolutely the hard way. You know what? You probably shouldn't take all these events. There was one time where I had an attorney, um, that was getting married with me and we must've spent about an hour and a half going over a contract. And I knew deep down in my gut, you know what? Probably shouldn't do this event. You know what? Did it anyway against my better judgment because I needed the money. And sure enough, day of, you know, all hell broke loose and, you know, it was what it was. So do I regret it? No, because I needed to go through that experience to know to never do it again. And that's the thing is, you know, whenever it comes to festivals, whenever it comes to, you know, charging, you know, by the photo, whenever it comes to, you know, hey, someone asked me, well, let me do this, you know, put it in my business for free or what, you know what, do it the first time. And then you'll never make that mistake again. But you have to make those mistakes. There's a there's a famous I don't know if it's famous, but there's a cool line that I've heard, and it says that there's basically two reasons a business would fail, right? One of them is that the founder gives up. The other reason is that you run out of money. So basically, almost all businesses fail because either you give up or you run out of money. And within three years. Within three years. So yeah. The combination there is what we've been trying to talk about basically this whole show is that you have to understand your numbers, stay profitable, and you also have to be willing to put the work in and not give up. So I think that combination is what gets you the longevity that Ryan touched on that keeps you around long enough so that you can eventually start doing those crazy cool events. Um, And it takes time. It's not something that you can do in two months and people have to be prepared for that. So with this particular event that happened yesterday, I am 
beyond thrilled with it. And very rarely can I say, like, I am happy with my work. Um, there are plenty of people that do a million better things than I. Um, I mean, I do decent work. Is it the best? Probably not. Um, but what I will say is the sheer volume and just the sheer, like, consistency of it all. Um, this event is a rather large event. It is 1,700 people. Um, it is a massive fundraiser. Uh, there were NBA players there. Um, there was certain Coach Popovich that was there. Uh, you know, TV personalities, like people fly in for these things. Like it was just, it was just a fun, like who's who type of event. Um, and again, it's just, it's just, it's in the grand scheme of things, a small town. So, I mean, you know, I don't get hung up too much on who was there. I only really care about who is going to pay me money after this event. Um, However, I had uh, my staff um, come in, do the event. One of my girls, she is beyond amazing. Jessica will like pull, she pulled people out of the buffet to come take a picture. They took a picture, they got it on their phone, they went screaming to all their other friends. And that's another thing is I did a green screen, the stand that it was on, a tripod, a ring light, and an iPad that's it and an extension cord and that was it and no props that's another thing is this group is a lot of old money i would say the average age was about 60 maybe a little bit older that that customer doesn't do props they're not like a proppy type group like it's also like knowing that who your customer is, you know, and who's going to be there. So I had, uh, one of the catering managers was like, Oh, you need to do props. I'm like, you know, I'm really thinking not so much. Like I really don't want to do this. And sure enough, the client was like, Ryan, whatever, just whatever you want. And she was just, whatever came out of my mouth was the gospel. Like it was, it was just so strange. Like I, maybe this is just like small town stuff, but, uh, it was, it's, it's nice to have, you know, your clients be able to trust you. And I'm at the point in my career where someone can say, well, oh, I want to do this. Da, da, da. I'm like, yeah, that's great. We're going to do this. And they go with it. And that's exactly what happened. I got the artwork for the event the morning of, and I just, I put no effort into it. Very minimal effort. I will say that. Um, just because I know what I'm doing. Um, and don't really have to like focus on like the minutia of everything. Um, did the event and it was beyond amazing. People came up to me. I had clients that got married with me, you know, 10 years ago and I was three for three. They were all divorced. Um, but you know, whatever. Get that money. (laughs) (laughs) Are you getting married again? Would you like a photo booth? Uh, no. So that was the thing is I brought in, I brought in my staff to take care of, the photo booth itself. And I was able to socialize and almost be a part of the event, even though I was kind of working it. Talk to old clients. They're like, Oh, I want to do this. Oh, I want to do this. Oh, I want to do that. I must've walked out of there with about 20 grand worth of business. Um, I brought my drone and I did drone footage of, you know, um, the table set up out front. They had fireworks. I, you know, flew the drone into the fireworks. Didn't tell my client that I was doing this. She came back and was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. They put it on all their social media and it was really just over delivering. And she was like, who are you? I was like, child, you have no idea, but I will say this. Whenever she came up to me, um, there was, I, I, I really, um, didn't know that there was going to be 1700 people at this event. I truthfully thought that it was another event, um, that 
this particular museum throws. Uh, and I really just kind of, that was my fault for just not putting two and two together. So like I said, there's 1700 people there. They were eating out of my hands, just doing whatever I say. And, you know, right before the event started, I told her, I said, next year we need to do two photo booths. And she goes, okay. And it was just, that's, that's how I've always sold. And I didn't know what that was called. So that particular technique is called assuming the sale. Assume the position. And I really, no, try again. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just a reflex. I, I got to say that every time. <laughs> you did it again. So it's, it's, no, it's really assuming the sale and just the language that you use is just subconsciously like going into their mind. You know what? They're right. People want to be told what to do. And it is just so shocking to me how if you go in there with authority, they just eat right out of your hand. Granted, and that and that's the thing is you have to you have to really care about what you do. So I generally want the best for her and because it's gonna reflect on me as well. I may get crap for this. I hate doing scrapbooks. Scrapbooks are stupid. The only way scrapbooks work is if you have someone from the party planted at that table with you physically forcing people to put their photo into it and like signing whatever they need to sign. Otherwise it comes out a sloppy mess and that, and I'm sorry, it's just, we can have a separate attendant do it. People, people, there are times where I've had people like had the attendant like say, Oh, well you, you know, sign the thing and put your picture. No, walk off. But if there's someone like from the group, they can, they can kind saying, of, guilt Oh, them you know, it. will you do this? Yeah, absolutely. Just put like if there's an ant that is like badgering everyone normally, have her badger people into oh, doing a scrapbook. Best is to put the grandma there. No one's gonna say no to the grandma. No, that is genius. The, the, I'm the gonna best use scrapbook you ever had if you have the grandma there. Seriously, and the, probably the grandma will do a better scrapbook than any attendant will ever do it. No, but that's the thing is, I I hate doing them. I don't I don't I don't like them. I don't like doing props. I like showing up with, you know, my meager little equipment and just making sure people have a great time and, you know, share photos like there's no tomorrow. I think you're totally spot on about speaking with authority. And you probably built that confidence over, you know, the many, many years you've been doing this so that now it's second nature to you. But I think a lot of people that are listening and in the earlier stages, they don't have that confidence. They haven't built that confidence yet. So I guess the question is, how do you get to that point where you feel comfortable speaking with authority and telling the client, you know what, that this is a better idea. We're going to do it this way. Well, I've never had a problem with speaking with authority to begin with. However, um, I will I will say that if you feel deep down that this is going to go wrong, you need to speak up and say something. There are times where, you know, we had uh, a, a client put us, I think we were in a bar and we were at the opposite end of the corner of the door. We had to like, we would at the end of the night because we were done before the party was going to end up being finished. We would have had to have broken down everything and walked all the equipment through the middle of this party. If that's not going to work for you, you need to say something. If something is not going to physically work for you or if you foresee problems, you need to vocalize that to your client. Yeah, totally agree. Don't wait till it actually goes wrong and then go online and complain about it, right? If you see something that may go wrong, do something about it. Don't complain about it. So anyways, uh, we did um, – amazing work i'm so happy with my team and everything that we accomplished and the drone video was beyond amazing and she's i got a text message today and that text message was just 
you know, it's, it's, I don't get text messages that often after the event. Generally, it's just like, yeah, okay, we're done. And, you know, the survey that comes out is, yeah, eh, whatever, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, however, she goes, she sent me a message. She goes, Ryan, thank you so very, very, very much. Three varies. All the pictures are amazing and the drone was everything. Please be ready for lots of phone calls from us. We want you at all of our parties now. And then she asked me about, you know, some Facebook questions and stuff. But it's just kind of nice just to get that kind of feedback. I really do, do enjoy you it. feel like when when you get that, do you feel like, wow, I was just playing on my drone over there and socializing with people. I wasn't really doing anything. You know, you know, this is this is the thing is um, uh, my grandmother is getting up in age and I stayed with them over the weekend and I really had to explain to my grandmother what I do because she kind of doesn't know. I mean, try and explain, explain a green screen and a gift to your grandparents and, you know, we'll see where we are. Um, however, she was just she didn't understand like what was going on but she knew like the output and she just got an iphone now so now she kind of knows what's going on and kind of knows what text messaging is um so it was really interesting to kind of explain it to my grandmother which was a nice little exercise in being able to you know thoughtfully describe your product and your service to someone who has no clue what you do so in that i was like well i just kind of took a picture and send it to people's phones. And then in like its simplest form, that's kind of what I did. I mean, yeah, there was a lot of back end stuff, but it was just it was just it was nice to have that many people, young and old. Like it 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 appealed to the young people, you know, because of the green screen and you know, you know, you'll do an animated GIF and it's a boomerang now and goes back and forth and it's it's cool to them, it's current with them, but it's also brand new to an older demographic. This one lady, she came up to me, she goes, my grandson just sent me up on Instagram. How do I post it? I'm like, look at you, Granny, with your Instagram. Good for you. Um, I think before we wrap up, I just want to touch on one other thing that I think is important. You, you touched on it briefly, uh, and that's the idea of over-delivering, right? And how do you think are good ways people can over-deliver for their clients? And why do you think it's important? I think it is really important for the customer relationship. And I'll say this real quick before we wrap up. Um, I really believe that your client needs to know at the end of the day that you have a vested interest in making sure that their event is successful, whatever that may mean. For me, it came from, I guess, like a graphic standpoint was, you know what? Let me take care of it. Don't worry about this. I will, I will take care of this. And she was, she, it was just, the trust that just was completely fine with her. And luckily she had seen my work before. So it was, she knew that it was okay just to trust me. Um, yeah. The, the other thing that I just want to add to that is that over delivering doesn't have to be hard, right? There's a lot of really easy, low cost, maybe no cost things that you can do that really set you apart because honestly, most of the competitors out there don't do anything. You know, one of the things that came out way back when was whenever texting first came out, um, I, I, whenever it is a very rare thing that I will tell someone, yes, this is my company. Yes, whatever. I like just wearing my polo with my logo and just say that I'm staff. I just get less questions. Um, there was one time where I was kind of playing the little, you know, I'm only the little employee role. And she said, she, she had a problem with something and I was like, well, why don't I just text it to people? And she's like, you can do that. I was like, yeah. I said, but don't tell the office because they're going to want to charge you for it. Better she, goes, move. <laughs> she goes, 
she goes, okay, 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 that's fine, that's fine. So I was like, just keep it on the DL, don't tell the office. Like it, And she was like, I got a $100 tip from her with her not knowing who really who i really was but again it didn't really take a lot of effort on your part and i i see like there's a there's prop companies that i've bought from that do something as simple as including fruit snacks in the package and that's yeah. it and yeah. what does that cost 20 cents but people sure. feel special it's something that's so unique because no one else does anything that they feel compelled to share it and i think if, if there's anything you take away from the end of this conversation is what little things can you do in your business that make you stand out? It's not that hard, and I'm sure you can find some small things to do. Thank you so much for listening today. We really enjoy you being here with us. A couple things. We're doing Super Boothers. Go to Hollywood November 13th from 7 to 10. Tickets are available at superboothers.com. We are also going to be doing a question and answer episode. If you submit your voice question, we will put your name in a drawing to win uh, one of two Super Boothers mugs. Um, and you can do that at superboothers.com. Click, click Ask Super Boothers. Thank you so much for listening, guys. We'll see you next week.